attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. And hello, hello, hello. Uh, you're back at Gen D, Generation Disney. It's just me, Dana, this week. Again, Adam is out for right now. He's back from his awesome trip to Disney World. However, his family caught a few different colds, and I believe he's got a lot going on with work. So today you get, I regret saying this already, but you get fan favorite Kim Moffat returning to the podcast. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Everybody, please sit down. Sit down. It's okay. It's okay. Please. I'm excited like you are. Just relax. Oh, there's an audience. They're standing up. They're cheering. Uh-huh. I'm just as sad about Adam not being here as you all, folks, and that we have Kim. No, just kidding. I'm so glad Kim could be here, and thank you, Kim, for hopping on the podcast. And not only that, uh, you're joining the podcast today because we're going to do some June news at Disneyland, and I'm going to give you an awesome vault that I think you're going to be super stoked about. However, I also texted you this morning to say, hey, can you be on the podcast? And also, here's a homework assignment. Look up some Disney news. Yeah, I I, uh, I liked it. I love homework and I love Disney. So it worked out really well for me. Yeah, you actually really embraced this. So yeah. um, Adam, if you <laughs> have any more work obligations, I think we've got a pretty good pinch hitter here in. Uh, is it pitch hitter or pinch hitter? You would know you're a baseball person. Um, pitch hitter. Pitch hitter. Yeah. We got a pitch hitter here. <laughs> In Kim but Moffitt. she's there in a pinch. Um, Adam, I'm sure I. Uh, everybody else will join me in saying, please come back soon. <laughs> <laughs> this job is hard. <laughs> well, yeah, so I figured we'd start. It's been a minute since we've done some news that has happened at Disneyland and a little bit at Disney World. I know also, I guess maybe before we get into the news, Kim... You and Sierra Jones just went to Disney World with me. I know if you followed on our Instagram, you saw a bunch of photos and video of their first time. I think maybe we take a quick second to talk about your trip. Just very top line. I'd love to hear what you thought and maybe what some comparisons were of like Disneyland versus Disney World. Um, we'll do a whole episode with Sierra and we'll really unpack the whole trip. It'll be a lot of fun. But Kim, tell me, what do you think of your first trip to Disney World? It was good. Okay. I need, I need a little more from you, if, if possible. Um, no, it was very, very fun. It was cool. It was first trip ever in my in whole entire life, and um, it did not disappoint. Dana did an aces job planning it, so I felt like I got to see everything I wanted to see. Also, because Dana knows Sierra and me so well, she was able to be like, you don't want to do this, you do want to do this. So there were rides that I personally don't think I would have necessarily been like, sign me up for this one. And then when we did it, Mickey's runaway train. Railway. Railway, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that one. Uh, that's probably one that I wouldn't have necessarily jumped on, but you were like, it's really cool. We got to try it. Ended up being probably one of my favorite rides. Yeah. Like, when, so happy. When we were talking about it afterwards, I said, what were your favorite rides? And I think you said Mickey's Runaway Railway and Everest. Yeah. Everest. Yeah. Everest. Course, Everest. How could I not? I think I'm legally obligated no. to like Everest. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, between Carly working on Everest, you all remember Carly on the podcast, um, and then also I just kept peppering you with Everest facts because I just read the John Krakauer Into Thin Air book. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, look, we're just a couple minutes into this podcast, so we've already brought up Everest, but I spent weeks – Two full weeks around Kim, and I think every 10 minutes I gave her a new fun fact about summiting Mount Everest. And I'm not going to go into every location where she did this at, but they were certainly surprises where I'd be like, now? We're here, and now is what you're going to talk about? Everest? Okay, that's fine. Uh, uh, that's great. And I, I certainly learned more than I knew going into it. Knew that I needed to know going into it and definitely was for sure listening the entire time. And I held on to those facts really, really well. So no need to repeat them. Oh, okay. Well, in case you do need me to repeat them, I'm happy to do it right now. No, just kidding. I won't. But I will say it's pretty crazy. There's only a finite window of time that you can actually summit the top of the mountain because of the different snowfall. And then there's that death zone. Oh, my goodness. Like so many people die in the section because you just don't get enough oxygen to your brain in that time frame. And it's so fascinating that it takes four to six weeks just to summit Mount Everest. And it's not just a straight climb up the mountain. You have to stop at all these different camps and then go back down for a couple of days and then back up to the next camp and then back down again. Oh, man, what a doozy. I have seen Dana through so many different periods in her life. I've watched her um, become a wife. I've watched her become a mother, a homeowner. I've watched her in her career grow, blossom. The -hmm. joy that I see, the light inside of you (laughs) that comes out when you talk about (laughs) Everest is um, something that is really special. (laughs) (laughs) It's an honor to see, my friend. (laughs) See, Everest is the gift that keeps on giving. It's certainly something Um, that keeps on something. (laughs) No, uh, Disney (laughs) World was very, very fun. Um, I uh, couldn't have chosen two better buds to go with. Um, we are excellent. We know this. We notice. We are an excellent travel group. We really are. Every time we were like, hey, I forgot something. One of us brought it. So it was mm-hmm. really great. It was like, hey, I got the liquid Band-Aid for your feet in <sighs> case, you know, there's too much walking and stuff. So we, we really covered it. Yeah. Um, do you remember any comparisons between Disneyland and Disney World? Yes. Anything you liked more or less? Yes. I'll tell you right now what I liked more. I like the security lines more at Disney World. Yeah. It's insane. I don't know mm-hmm. how it works, but it obviously works. Um, but you just walk through. And if you have something that sets it off, you just hold it in your little mitts, your little hands, and hold it out in front of you as you walk through. And they're like, that's good enough. But it works because you're seeing people all over the world in much higher numbers because the amount of people that can go in is so much higher, I presume. I guess you would know better than I would, but I imagine that the numbers at Disney World are much higher than Disneyland and the security there works. You just go through. It was amazing. Also, the security guards are – well, the security guards at Disneyland are also very nice. But um, it's crazy. At Disneyland, they have to look through every single crevice of your bag or backpack. And if you've got like a small pocket inside a pocket, they have to have it opened. Mm-hmm. At Disney World, yeah, it's like you just go through the the security um, like TSA situation. You don't have to take your backpack off. You don't have to – open anything up you just walk through if it beeps and they have you go to the side to check it we found that like one thing made your bag go off and i think it was your um, polaroid camera yeah but otherwise 
That was that it. That was it. And they do the same thing with strollers too. So way more fluid. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And then the um magic bands, which I didn't I was like, yeah, it'll be cool to see the magic band in action because I've obviously heard about them for so long. Uh, but then actually using it is a completely different situation and I'm very much looking forward to I know Magic Band has already been announced to Disneyland and I'm looking forward to that. And uh, hopefully the security lines will follow after. But the Magic Band was so easy. What I didn't know, and I'm sure we'll talk about this on the um, episode when we actually talk about it with Sierra, is that once that magic, and again, I don't know how this works, but you you tap that little Magic Band and let them know, like, hey, I'm here. They're like, great. We're going to take a picture on this ride. You're not always going to know. And sometimes you'll just be surprised. <laughs> and your face doesn't always your face sometimes it's just the face that you make and what I learned about myself on this trip I learned I make one face on every single ride <laughs> and I did not know until I was surprised by the pictures that I had no idea were being taken and then we would just look on the app and you guys would be like why why are you doing this again and it's because I'm oh my excited goodness. about the ride and also curious. But that's not what your face is saying. Your face is not saying I'm excited or curious. Your face is saying, what is this thing that I'm on called Earth? I don't understand. <laughs> well, I got to figure it out. You guys, Kim's face, and it was everything from Pirates of the Caribbean to like Figment, the Imagination Dragon ride, like yeah. things that were not that exciting. She had the same bewildered face with her mouth slightly open and her eyes looking some other direction every time, yeah. not at the camera um, and just looking so bewildered. I think that's the best way to describe your face, but it was the, and she wasn't even trying. Uh, It was the same face in every single picture and it was glorious. And we figured this out on like the first day when they took our picture inside Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. I've ridden that ride a million times and I still was like very um, shocked that it existed, I guess. Oh, it was oh, so great. I had a blast, though. Well, good. Well, yes, we'll yeah. have Sierra on soon, and we'll do a whole recap of the trip. There were a lot of really awesome moments, and I was so grateful to experience Disney World with two people who'd never gone before. It was really, really fun. Yeah. So. Same. All right. Well, let's hop into some Disneyland news. Uh, June has a few big things that are coming out. I figure maybe, Kim, you can start us off with some of the homework assignment I gave you, which was to research some Disneyland news. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I have, let's start with Splash Mountain. So Disney in general uh, is being super weird about confirming the re-theming of Splash Mountain because as a reminder, in 2020, they announced that the ride would be re-themed to a Princess and the Frog overlay, which I was Mm -hmm. so excited about. It's going to look so good. When they announced that, it was like the thing we all needed. It was like summer of 2020, a real low for our society. And they were like, hey, by the way, you know all this horrible stuff that's very much rooted in racism that's going on in America right now? Well, hey, you know that ride we have? We're going to change it because we also agree it's not appropriate any longer. And it's going to now be Princess and the Frog. And remember, they had all the renderings and everybody was super excited. And it was kind of like this one bright spot of like, good job, Disney. You're going to take out... Song of the South, a movie nobody's seen because you yanked it from your shelves because it's that racist. Mm -hmm. So cool. I can't wait for this overlay. And now (laughs) two years later, we haven't heard a peep about it. Yeah. It's been Jiminy since then. We haven't heard Jiminy. That's a joke about how we, um, it's been crickets. Jiminy cricket. Oh, that's a good, that's a way homer, but it's still good. That's a good joke. That's a thinker, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, it's been Jiminy ever since. Uh, it has been. It's been uh, two years, and it kind of blows me away because the park was closed for a really long time. Like you would think that they had time to do this overlay, and I can't. It's not going to be that big of a. Cha- it's going to be a a big change, a noticeable change, but the ride itself kind of allows for these changes to be happening very quickly. I would presume. Well, I don't remember, you don't know this, but the Frozen ride out at Epcot that you guys went on, that's also a log Mm -hmm. ride, uh, which I know you guys both love. That was originally a Norway ride, which had like way more trolls. I know you're not a big troll fan, but they had more trolls and it was only trolls. It was trolls here and there and they were sending you along this guided water path. Um, And they did an overlay to be frozen, which I think is going to be your best example of what they did to that ride is what they want to do with Splash Mountain to Princess and the Frog. Um, It looks incredible, but they didn't change the track at all. They added a little bit more to the boats and then they added, obviously, the new scene work. I don't think that ride took more than like two years tops to flip it over. Yeah. So see, then what are we doing? We're at two years. I know. I don't know. Um, so in an interview, Anika Noni Ross, who voiced Tiana in the movie, said that the project will debut in 2024. And then Disney released a statement shortly after her comment saying, quote, we have already shared how we are bringing Tiana's story to life at Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort. While timing has not been determined, we look forward to sharing more details during Essence Festival of Culture in New Orleans in July. I didn't say which July, though. So to be fair, it could be could be any of them, I guess. It could be next July. Yeah. Or it could be the one in a couple months. Um, I think it's kind of weird that they say it like, we already shared this news <laughs> about Tiana. It's like a little... <laughs> It's a little like mean girl esque. Yeah, I tried to read it just like neutral, but that is how I read it in my head. Well, we already told you. We already gave you some pictures. What more do you want? Do you want action? No. We gave you some pictures. You are welcome. <laughs> it could look really great. We won't know for another 80 years. <laughs> just imagine it when you're on the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, so I have some news. Um, This is all nighttime dinner package news. So uh, now is the big time. All of the shows have come back. Uh, Yes, all of them have come back at this point. So we got Fantasmic. We got the fireworks. We got the Main Street Electrical Parade. There's also, I don't know if you knew this, but there's a cool Encanto um, light projection show that's happening at It's a Small World a couple times in the evening. It's just doing, yeah, they're just doing the We Don't Talk About Bruno song and like showing cool projections. I haven't actually seen it yet, but I hear it's cool. That's cool. Um, but with all the nighttime shows back, they've now brought back all the various dinner packages. There's four of them. So I'm going to walk you through these four dinner packages. And we should, like, genuinely talk about if we actually want to do one of these sometime, Kim. Yeah. Um, but the prices are very extreme and extremely different, in my opinion. Okay, so the first one is Fantasmic. There are two packages that you can purchase. And for all of these, by the way, they're on a 60-day rolling basis. So if you have a trip coming up and you want to do one of these dinner packages, just know that they sell out really quickly and you need to get on it exactly 60 days before your trip. So we can't do this for tomorrow. Probably not for like tomorrow, but you could do this 60 days from now if we want to plan it that far out. Um, so Fantasmic has two packages. There's the premium package and the standard package. Both of these are taking place at the River Bell Terrace restaurant. Um, right now, Blue Bayou is closed for refurbishment, but when that opens up, that will also be included in the Fantasmic dinner package. 
don't ask me on prices yet because I haven't announced them. But for Riverbell Terrace, the premium package is an option where you can sit in your own seat at the Riverbell Terrace and eat your meal during the show or eat it right before and then still stay seated in the setting, their balcony, which sounds really cool. Uh, it's right, if you don't know where Riverbell Terrace is, it's in the New Orleans Square area and it's right by where they project Fantasmic. So it's a great spot. Um, the price for this is $75 per adult and $45 for children ages three to nine. So that's a little pricey, but you get to sit. You These like- are all prefixes, right? The menus? This one is a prefix menu. It's not as like fancy of a prefix menu. There's like five options of food and then like a dessert and non-alcoholic drinks. And then there's the standard package for Fantasmic, which is the exact same thing. You can do lunch or dinner also at the Riverbell Terrace. It's the same food, but instead of getting to stay seated in that one seat, you just get a reserved section with the other people who also dined at Riverbell Terrace earlier in the day. Now, the lunch and dinner are the same price. It's $50 per adult and $30 per child. So okay. that's a that's a pretty significant difference. Yeah. Uh, but you'll be standing. So that's kind of what you have to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, so that's Fantasmic. Then the Main Street Electrical Parade also has a dining package option. This is available at the Plaza Inn, which is on Main Street. And it's for the lunch window of 1.30 to 3. Like, that's when you can do this dinner package. So don't try to get an early lunch, I guess. Um, you will receive a voucher to return to the viewing area later in the evening. And your dining package includes a meal, a beverage, and a dessert. Spoiler, all of them are meal, beverage, dessert. So <laughs> so um, this one, the Main Street Electrical Parade of all of these dining packages, this one is the hardest one to get. I believe it. So just be prepared. You know, if you want Main Street Electrical Parade dining package, you got to get up at 3 a.m. Pacific time, that 60-day window, and be on the website feverishly refreshing that page until you get it. So they're probably gone within two minutes. And the reason I think that it's so wildly popular is because the price tag of this one is $40 per adult and $25 per kid. Worth it. 100% worth it. Because we have already seen people that are sitting down for the parade at three o'clock. Right. So $40? Right. Yeah. Done. I would do $40, it. $40. You get a meal. You get a meal and then you know you can come back. Mm -hmm. You can come back like up to 30 minutes before. Um, you'll again be seated next to all the other people who did the dining package. But it's a set number of people. So it's not going to be terribly crowded. I think this one's worth it. For sure. Except that you have to get up at three in the morning to book it. So you've been warned. Um, the third option is the Skyline Lounge Fireworks Experience in Tomorrowland. So this dinner package gets you exclusive access to the Tomorrowland Skyline Balcony, which in case you're not familiar where that is, because I wasn't totally familiar, that is basically where the old people mover attraction used to load. So if you are familiar with like when you walk in to Tomorrowland, you go past Star Tours and to the right is like towards Space Mountain. Right before that, you'll see like the old defunct people mover area. So you take an elevator up to the second floor and that's where you're going to watch the fireworks and that's where you're going to eat your meal. And this one is more picnic style. So they put out picnic blankets. Um, they have like lawn games up there, like a giant Connect Four and cornhole and stuff like that. So it's kind of a little bit more of like a, a fun little scene. And then the food is, again, dinner, dessert, and non-alcoholic drinks. 
This price is $60 per person. There's no kid option. That's just the price that you're paying regardless. And the food is all pre-packaged. So you can get like your pasta that looks to me like it comes from maybe Alien Pizza Port or one of those kind of places um, because they gave it to you in a big aluminum like container to Mm -hmm. eat. So 60 bucks for pre-packaged food and lawn games, but uh, arguably one of the best locations to watch the fireworks. That one feels like maybe not worth it, right? Yeah. It's a lot of money for prepackaged food. When fireworks, not a lot of people know this. I'm going to let you know something about fireworks. They are in the sky. Really? Yeah. So what you do is you this just- is new just, information. Yeah. You just, you look up and there they are. Uh-huh. Now, yeah. I, there are projections, <laughs> you know, there are projections against the castle, and I'm sure that that's an excellent view as well, but I don't know if it's worth $60. I've never once been watching the fireworks, and I'm an excellent height. I'm five, one and a half, same height mm-hmm. as America's Sweetheart Rachel Bilson. <laughs> so I'm short. A lot of people are standing in front of me. They're very tall. I've never once thought to myself, I would pay $60 to see this better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, you and I just saw the fireworks show at Disney World, mm-hmm. and we also learned that I am a smidge taller than you, so I had a literal inch on you. But um, I will say – You had a literal we, half inch on me. Half inch. Dang it. Um, I will say you and I and Sierra walked in 15 minutes before because we got on a late bus. And so we walked in. We nabbed a spot. And I remember right away – you were kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to see because you were in front of a tall dude. Um, mm-hmm. This moment the show started, it was a non-issue. Like you you were into it just as much as everybody else. I think you could see perfectly fine. I saw um, perfectly fine. I saw everything. It was cool. Yeah. 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 And we were on Main Street, so we could see the projections both on Main Street and on the castle. So it was really cool. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I don't think 60 bucks is worth it. If it were 40 bucks. I still don't even know if I think it would be worth it because for 40 bucks I could go watch the Main Street Electrical Parade in an actual restaurant in the Plaza Inn that has really good food mm-hmm. um, yeah. and then still be able to get my assigned space to go stand in during the show. So, yeah. Um, okay, and the last one to share is a, just a one, one-time deal. There is a special 4th of July dining package that's going on that's also going to take place at the Plaza Inn, that same Main Street one. Um, You can dine at the Plaza Inn, receive a voucher to return for either of their two nighttime shows on the 4th. Um, The shows are at 6.30 and 8.30. These packages are also running at $75 a person or $45 per child. You can book this through the Disneyland app or the website. For this one, you get an entree for dinner, a specialty beverage, and an individual dessert, plus a lanyard and a credential. I don't know what the credential means. I guess like a ticket. (laughs) Um, And then again, it's the reserved space for the fireworks viewing. So if you are a super fan of fireworks on the 4th of July, and they says it's all set to patriotic music, Kim. Oh, my gosh. 75 bucks, patriotic fireworks. There would be no stopping me were I to be in town. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you're not going to be here for it. No, unfortunately. But that does sound cool. Okay, so that's it. Those are all the dining packages. Um, I agree with you. I think the one to go for is the Main Street Electrical Parade if either of us want to get up in the middle of the night and try to secure those. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the one. It's going to save you so much time in the long run. Totally. It's a bummer to wake up at 3 a.m., but uh, it saves you so much time in the long run for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, do you have any other news to share? I have breaking news, Dana. Breaking news? Oh, no. 
I have breaking news. Breaking news. It's June. Um, uh, no, uh, as we know, June 1st marks the start of Pride Month, and Disney is here to celebrate. Uh, so they've got a couple things going on in Disney or in Tomorrowland. Hang on. I know the places that these are called. <laughs> in Tomorrowland at Disney World, um, they put up a giant print of the progressive pride flag. That's the flag that includes, it's got the six different rainbow colors. It also has pink, blue, and white for transgender folks, as well as black and brown stripes that represent marginalized LGBTQ communities of color. Um, so they've put this up in the shape of Mickey ears in Tomorrowland at Disney World, which is very cool. Uh, they've also released a ton of merchandise and specialty snacks and cocktails with the rainbow flag design, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But I wanted to point out that this year, for the first time, 100% of the profits from their Pride collection this month will go to LGBTQIA plus organizations. <gasps> what? The, that's very cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, I See, had. I did my homework. You did do your homework. I didn't know that. And I was actually going to say something that was not super great about this Pride merchandise at Disney, but I, mm -hmm. I'm going to take it back now because that is incredible. I'm so happy to hear that they're giving 100% of their proceeds to the LGBTQ community. Yeah, we probably have the same thought, which is kind of the thought that we all have in June or, or should have in June, which is um, this merch looks great. Show me where you're spending the profits. Show me what you're you're doing 11 months out of the year. Show me what your board looks like. Show me what you're, show me all of this. Yep. Um, so I think Disney coming out and saying, hey, 100% of the profits from this collection, especially this year specifically, is going to go to these communities or these groups is, is uh, great. Yes, great. I agree. Because taking it a step further from, I, I was thinking the exact same thing you were thinking, Kim, but I also was thinking this has not been a great year for Disney and the gay community, mm -hmm. especially in Florida with the Don't Say Gay bill. And I know we don't want to try to get this super political here, but- that was a huge blow, still is a huge blow to the community. And, you know, it feels so two-faced for Disney, specifically a certain CEO, um, mm -hmm. to have not really done anything in the state where so much of the tourism is the Disney company. So mm -hmm. um, to hear that they're going to give 100% of their proceeds, that actually really excites me and makes me want to go buy some of their stuff now and get some of their cocktails and uh, food and stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah, you and I have had this conversation before prior to this month and prior to this homework assignment um, about Disney's pride collection and how uh, willing they are to put out a pride collection and take the money from it and then do the factual bare minimum <laughs> when push comes to shove. But I think a move like this signals what I hope is a long-term, bigger picture shift for the organization. Um, yeah. So we'll see. But I think this is um, excellent. And and yeah, it's super motivating to want to go out and buy some of the stuff. I don't know if the food is included in what would be the Pride collection. Okay. I would hope so because it's all being marketed the same. So it would make sense. Yeah. Um, but there's a ton of great stuff. On the merch side, they have just excellent stuff. They have a very cute pin with the Cinderella castle. I now know the difference between the two. Uh, made out of a <laughs> rainbow. And then Mickey, Goofy, and Minnie are in white silhouettes in the front. 
it's oh cute. It looks excellent. Uh, they've also got another pin that is rainbow with Mickey in the middle, and it says "Belong, Believe, and Be Proud." Oh. Um, they've got a ton. It's very cool. Uh, they've got a ton of Marvel and Star Wars stuff, um, all with the rainbow lettering, and then on. Almost everything, it looked like everything I saw clothing-wise, um, all of it said Pride. Like the the little tag said Pride, and then the D in Pride is the Disney T. Oh, cool. Which is a nice touch. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then food. Food. Which is very exciting. <laughs> um, since we're going tomorrow, yeah. and since I might be hungry, uh, I've created a menu for myself. We should also say tomorrow is your birthday, Kim. This episode will come out after. No, tomorrow isn't your birthday. In two days, it's your birthday. Leave it. This in. episode will Leave come out it on in. your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're going for your birthday trip, and we're going to do a snacky trip like we did for my birthday, where we're going to try all the different snacks. Yeah. So you lucked out because they've got cool extra pride snacks right now. Yeah. I get super lucky with this being my birthday. I actually kind of I didn't forget about my birthday, but I think I was just distracted. And we have such a great system of like, hey, if somebody's on there and sees an available date, just book all of us, which is a pro move. Yes. Because it's hard to get reservations. We're talking about the Magic Key passes and um, our trick, because we roll deep with like seven people when we go, and it's the same seven people. (laughs) But um, we ended up getting everybody's passes on each other's phones so we can use those uh, when we're making reservations. So if I'm up and I see that there's a date, I just book all seven of us, and then we decide later if we don't want to take it (laughs) or if somebody can't go. Yeah. That's a pro move. It works out well. Yeah. So I didn't really think about it at first, and then... (laughs) Like two weeks ago, I was like, oh, yeah, it is my birthday coming up, too. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. So I've made a list of everything I will be eating tomorrow. Hold me to it. Great. I will eat all of this. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm going to be so sick. It's going to be worth it. Um, at the Plaza Inn, they have a pride cake, which is uh, butter cake. Uh, yellow cake, I guess, with um, buttercream frosting. And then rainbow icing around it. Uh-huh. They also have a pride cookie kind of all over Disneyland which is a shortbread cookie dipped in white chocolate with little sprinkles. And then the Mickey hands holding a rainbow heart. Very cute looking. Oh, that's cute. It's all great for the gram. Okay. Smart, you know? Well, we'll put it on the gram. Yeah. Um, At the Grand Californian, we are going to miss this. And I am confused by it. I don't quite understand what this is. And I'm also bummed that we're going to miss it. Uh, But from June 10th to July 4th, they have a pride cookie shot. With booze or milk. Oh. Oh, I know what these are. I know what these are. It is cool. You're going to be very, I'm mad that we're missing this. So it's a shot of, I think, insert whatever liquor you want, but I think they usually stick with something kind of more like a Bailey's Irish creamy type thing. But it's a shot of liquor inside a cookie shot glass. So the, the shot glass is is made out of a, like, formed cookie. They sell these in other, like, flavors and stuff at Grand Californian. I want this. I'm yeah. mad also. So you take your shot, and then you eat the cookie afterwards. I mean, tempt me with yeah, a good know, time, right? you know? <laughs> um, I know. And then, um, Dana, this is just for you. Well, hang on. Not just for you. Actually, a little bit for me, because I want to find this. Genuinely want to find this tomorrow and buy it. They have a Pride Castle tumbler that looks very cool i really want to buy it tomorrow so if we see it it's like a you know a, okay. a water tumbler like for drinking out of yeah it looks yeah neat i got you they don't have a great picture of it but the angle that i saw looks very cool 
you don't see it head on. So cool. It could be terrible, but it looked cool in the picture. Uh, and then Dana, just for you, this is not here yet. It's coming soon. Okay. And um, for our Gen D fans, find this. Let's figure out a way to get it for Dana. It is a scented. It's a turkey leg. If it's no, a it's not. It's rainbow, not a turkey leg. Turkey leg. It's not a ra- okay. <laughs> They've really missed out <laughs> on what they could be making so much money on a rainbow printed turkey leg. <laughs> These fools. Gross. Bob Chapek, of every misstep you make, how did you miss a rainbow turkey leg? You fool. No, no, no. This is um it's scented. It's a scented. Straw clip. I don't even know what a straw clip is. Um, that is a. It looks like a, it's a clip on your straw. It's a clip for your why? For decoration. It's, I don't know. It's a um, a piece of cake, a pride cake. So it's like a multi layered cake with the rainbow cut inside of it. It's scented. You love scented things. It's an image of a cake. I don't love scented things. You more why than you anything. You're constantly things? like, I wish I think? had this scented. I love this shirt. I wish it was scented. I love this purse. I wish it was scented. You're always talking about it. Oh, should we tell everybody that when we were at Disney World, we found scented another scented spirit jersey that was scented like a pretzel, like a Mickey pretzel. Hated it. Yeah. It didn't smell like that either. It didn't smell good, but it didn't smell like a pretzel. I also like that you saw the um, spirit jersey and you said, I bet it's scented. You knew it. Like in your soul, you were like, I know this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it already there was already a weird, bad synthetic scent happening over in that corner. So I was like, ugh. And how I phrased it was, I bet it's scented. Like, I was mad about it. So, um, yeah, and it was. She bought three. But no. Uh, yeah, no, that thing sounds weird. And I definitely don't want a clip of a piece of cake that's scented for my straw. It sounds too random. No, but I want that. Castle Tumblr, the Pride Castle Tumblr. We're finding that. Uh, and then Disney World has exclusives that I was very jealous of. I think they win. They've got a Pride Cake Pop with either the just the trans flag coloring on it, so just that pink, blue, and white, or uh-huh. the Philadelphia Pride flag rainbow, which is what I learned about today. So this is the flag that is that classic six-color Pride flag with the black and brown additional stripes. Uh-huh. And it's because it premiered in Philadelphia because I was looking at it and was like, there has to be a specific name for this flag that does not include the red or the um, pink, blue and white. And it's called the Philadelphia pride flag. So there we go. Um, So it has that coloring on it. Why? Why is it called the Philadelphia flag? Because that flag was premiered in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Look at you coming in with some fun facts. I am. Um, I'm ready for your Everest ones next. They, they, um, it's very tall. How tall? Don't you Google it. <laughs> Do you remember what I also quizzed you on the name of the device that goes on the shoes, the, the different kind of hiking boots that you use to get up to the top of Everest? Oh, yeah. What is it? Um, it's like um, lady hooks. You're close. You're so close. <laughs> I'm really close. Menzies. You're so close. <laughs> I'm so close. You're not. It's not Menzies, but you're very close. It's something. Remind me what. I don't remember, but it's something like, oh, a lady was not in the room when this was named is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's called a crampon. There it is. <laughs> there it is. That's yeah. right. <laughs> crampons. So they're like the, they're like 
a clamp that goes around your your shoe to help you like stick in the ice, but just a horrible name all around and definitely not made by a woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, the last couple things that they have for, for Bride Month at Disney World uh, that I was very jealous of, they also have a waffle and an almond cake and a dome cake. Remember the dome cake is where they it looks like a dome and then they do the very shiny icing yeah. on top. It's all smooth, yes. looks fancy. Uh-huh. They also have, for you, Dana, super bummed that you missed this, they have the Pride Lunchbox Tart, which is a guava-filled pastry. Ooh, Just that does sound good. I would eat that. That um, Pop-Tart thing that we had. Yeah. So now it's guava-filled. Yeah, at, at Woody's Lunchbox. That Ooh, was it. That sounds really good. And then they have a couple that are just for Sierra Jones. Um, Nomad Lounge has a Pride Cocktail which the ingredients sound heinous, but it's very pretty. <laughs> I'm going to already guess that there's a lot of blue curacao in You it. know it. You know it. <laughs> um, and uh, a cupcake, when you open it, all the sprinkles fall out. Oh, yeah. That's a no for me. But Sierra Jones, these are perfectly for her. Yeah. So they, excellent stuff. Oh, good. Yeah. I think all that sounds good. I'm excited to go to Disneyland and see what they have. This will be my first trip since June started. So um, yeah, we'll keep you guys informed of what we find. Yeah. And I feel better about it knowing that they're going to be spending these profits, donating these profits. Me too. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Okay, Kim, are you ready for a Kim-specific vault that I researched earlier today after I'd figured out that you were going to be my co-host today. Born ready. I'm very excited. Well, I mean, since I knew you are going to be on here, there is only one attraction that is the only appropriate answer when you're sharing a vault to Kim. And that one attraction is the one that nobody's asked for me to unlock except for Kim. And it is Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Oh, it's a birthday vault. This is your birthday gift to me. This is my birthday gift to you. Cool. Very cool. (laughs) It is my favorite ride. I will be honest. I have cried. I did do a standing ovation. It is beautiful. It's so good. I love that ride. Um, Also, and we'll go into this in our other podcast episode with Sierra, but I took you on the American Adventure at uh, at Epcot, and you also cried and also gave it a standing ovation. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the great moments with Mr. Lincoln, this was actually really fun to research because I, like Kim, love this attraction and all of our friends make fun of us. We haven't gone on it in a while, and I think we need to change that because it's open again. It opened a year ago, back in July 2021, it was one of the last rides or attractions to come back after the pandemic shut down. But it's open now, and it's your birthday, so they can't say no. That was what I was just about to say. They can't say no to me. We are doing this tomorrow. You're doing this tomorrow. Yes, we are. All right, well, let me get into it. So uh, this ride, oh, my goodness, it has such a great history. And before I start, I want you all to know that I got a lot of this information from the Walt Disneyland book, A Walk in the Park with Walt Disney by Mary Carricker Smothers and also the D23 website. So Walt Disney first came up with a concept that he wanted to do some sort of show that paid tribute to the U.S. presidents. And this was an idea he had back in the 50s before Disneyland had even opened. Um, So he pitched out the concept to live on Main Street and have every president uh, be a figure that people could either walk up to and see up close like a wax figure or 
somehow have them be like robots and be able to communicate. However, he had not created such a thing at that point. So the idea ended up getting shelved because it was just way too, you know, technology-wise, it was too advanced. But of all the U.S. presidents, Walt always had an affinity for Abraham Lincoln. And in fact, in this book, I'll, I'll show it to you and I'll post this on our Instagram, there is a picture of Walt when he was in fifth grade um, where he was dressed up as Lincoln because he would perform the Gettysburg Address for his classmates. And he did such a good job with it that his fifth grade teacher would ask him to come back for years and years after to perform the memorized Gettysburg Address for kids. So oh here God, is... We love a nerd. We love a nerd. He's the little one, too. Can you Bloody. see that picture, yes, Kim? Yes, his little face. He's so cute. He made his own little top hat and painted on a beard. It's so cute. That's so um, cute. <laughs> you know, right? So in 1962... Well, Disneyland's already been opened. Walt had a meeting with Robert Moses, who was the New York City planner who was tasked to bringing the like innovative ideas and attractions to the 1964 World's Fair. Walt showed Robert a bunch of different projects that were going on at the Imagineering Studios, and he felt like of everything he had, that the one that he really wanted to show was a lifelike model he had built of Mr. Lincoln. He explained that he wanted to make Lincoln walk and talk, but he hadn't figured out the mechanics yet. So the city planner was like, okay, well, let me know when you do, because this sounds perfect for the World's Fair. Uh, Lincoln was the first human audio animatronic that Walt and his Imagineers ever created. And in this book, in the uh, Walk in the Park with Walt Disney, there's a really great quote in here from um, a woman named Harriet Burns that I'm going to read to you. So... Harriet Burns recalled, in the shop, we had an early version of the head of Lincoln. I recall several of us were sitting around the plywood table and discussing it. There was John Hench, Dick Irvine, Fred Jorger, and myself. Walt said, hmm, what can we call him? We'll call it Anna, Anima, Animatronic. We can combine electronics and animation. It will be called an animatronic. And everybody was mumbling the words all together. And then Vic Green said, yes, but there's also sound in there, too. So Walt said, well, then it would be audio. And so they added the word audio to animatronics. And then Walt said, and we have Lincoln to be our first audio animatronic character. Amazing. So there you have it. They coined the name off of Lincoln, audio animatronic. Um, so Walt required that the Lincoln audio animatronic be perfect for the debut of the World's Fair. The team had two years to create it and basically create this human robot as you see it today. He wanted every mannerism of Lincoln that was known to be perfectly replicated for his animatronic. When Lincoln would put, you know, hold his lapels, Walt wanted to make sure that the Imagineers could figure out how his arms could move up to his chest and rest there. And so they spent, I think, the better part of a year just figuring out that maneuver itself. Wow. I know, right? Um, the team also gained access to a life mask of Lincoln that had been created when he was alive in 1860. So they were able to use use that mask to base the contours of his skin and, and different pieces of his shape from that mask. So this is really the most accurate depiction of Lincoln we could really get. Wow. Um, 
What Lincoln said was just as important to Walt as how he looked. So Walt wa- didn't want to have Lincoln just repeat the Gettysburg Address because he figured that pretty much everybody knows that very famous speech. And it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, Walt himself worked tirelessly on a script, reading and rereading all these history books and finding the perfect passages of former speeches of Lincoln's. So he ended up combining four speeches, two from Springfield, Illinois, one from Baltimore, and one from New York City. Um, The attraction opened on the opening day of the 1964 World's Fair at the New York City Fairgrounds on April 22nd. And the attraction was inside the Illinois Pavilion. The overall theme of the show dealt with inspiration, justice, the meaning of the United States Constitution, all things Kim loves. All my favorite things. The things I just think about as I'm closing my little eyes. Before I go to bed. <laughs> what is the meaning of the U.S. Constitution? That's what Kim's, instead of counting sheep, she's just, just counting the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> um, guests entered the theater where they saw a red curtain um, that would be pulled over the stage. When the show began, the curtain would raise several feet to reveal Abraham Lincoln seated in a wooden chair. He would then stand up and give a very dignified address to the audience, much like We know it today. Um, The show lasted five and a half minutes and it culminated in the curtains pulling back to reveal a replica of the Capitol building rotunda while the battle hymn of the Republic played on in the background. Lincoln has had his fair share of issues. I think you can even go on YouTube and find somewhere he's kind of going crazy as a robot. But um, he definitely did not work perfectly at the World's Fair. Walt had Imagineers stationed around the clock at the fairgrounds to help fix any issues that came up with Lincoln for a whopping like year and a half that the World's Fair was going on. Um, The animatronic continued to have problems even on preview night. And with 500 people in the audience, Walt made a very painstaking choice to cancel the show. He didn't trust that the Lincoln um, animatronic was operating properly. So instead, he walked out on the stage and shared the disappointing news with the guests. And he explained that he would rather put on the best show for all of them or no show at all. He did not want them to see the 16th president glitching out. And so... And that's kind of just true to Walt's nature. Everything we've ever learned about Walt is that if it's not 100% perfect, he wouldn't let it be seen. So same was the case with Lincoln. Maybe that's what's happening with Splash Mountain. It has to be perfect. It has (laughs) to be absolutely perfect. I have a feeling it's not. I have a feeling they're just uh, dragging their feet or whatever. Um. After the World's Fair closed in 1965, all of the Illinois Pavilion was believed to be demolished. The original Lincoln audio animatronic was believed to be lost, and all of the rotunda, everything, it was destroyed. Two decades later, it was discovered in a Burbank archive department that Lincoln was there, stuffed and packaged, and had been sent back to California, but they had no idea. So for 20-plus years... Lincoln was just sitting in a crate. Uh, My favorite yeah. thing is that it's not like suddenly someone remembered, oh, I packaged it. It absolutely has to be that somebody thought, oh, I think I left that bowl in this box, actually. And then they opened it up and Lincoln's face was just the most realistic version possible of Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> who's just looking up. This poor person was like, this is where my pen is. My favorite pen is here. And no. It's the president. It's it's the president. 
Um, which is so funny. And actually, that well, so they'd already recreated the entire ride two decades later. So they were like, well, I guess we have the original that we thought had been destroyed. Um, so that version, the original Lincoln, is on display at Hollywood Studios. You saw him very recently, Kim. He's in the lobby of One Man's Dream, that show that is about Walt. Yeah. I don't know if you remember seeing him, but I remember we commented because we saw his very lifelike face and then it's his robot body it's like um clear plastic mm-hmm. and you can see the the like different wiring underneath him and he's on a display and you and i both said like wow that's very creepy that they didn't clothe <laughs> yeah. him it's meant i guess to show you how an animatronic works but that's the original one i had no idea that was the original one i just thought it was like a Anne lincoln somewhere but uh it, it yeah. uh is that's wild I know, right? Where's that person right now that that found Lincoln in a box? Therapy, I assume. I hope. Hopefully still therapy. Um, so Walt brought the show to Disneyland after recreating the set that he had uh, was destroyed and um, the animatronic he had assumed was destroyed. Um, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln debuted on the Main Street Opera House on July 18th, 1965 in honor of Disneyland's 10th anniversary. The show was changed very little for the next 40 years, but in 2001, Great Moments was refurbished and they added this like journey to Gettysburg element of it. So it was like, I don't know if you saw it. I don't remember seeing Mm -mm. it, but um, it was an added storyline about a visit to Matthew Brady's photography studio and um, changing Lincoln's speech back to the Gettysburg Address. So he no longer was doing the hodgepodge of speeches, but it was him talking to this guy um, about the Gettysburg Address. And then Just some random. Dude. Yeah, it, they had some sort of special headphones for all of the guests to listen to. I don't know why. Um, it, like a terrible it, it sounded it sounded really bad, um, but it lasted like three years. Uh, and then they did a special Walt Disney presentation for Disneyland's 50th anniversary in there. And when that wrapped in 2009, they brought back the original show from the World's Fair, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. And that is more or less what you still see there today, which is great. My last couple of fun facts for you, Kim, which I think you're going to like. Next time we go, which will be tomorrow, Mm -hmm. because you and I have agreed on this, Mm -hmm. and it's your birthday, and nobody can say no to us. Nobody can say no. So we're going to go sit. I forgot. Yeah, it's going to be so great. When you go into that lobby, you see a 16-foot replica of the Capitol building. Mm -hmm. That was actually purchased by Walt Disney himself for the lobby of this attraction. It was made in 1935 by George Lloyd, and it's carved from one piece of cayenne stone that was from Normandy, France. Whoa. Um, And he purchased it, you know, specifically to, to display at Disneyland. And then my last little fact for you, which is so heartwarming and totally like a thing if you had created Disneyland, you would have also put in front of the Mr. Lincoln attraction. At the time the show debuted at Disneyland, guests had to still pay separate admission for each attraction. You know, the e-ticket rides and all of that, A through E. But Walt felt like the Lincoln story was significantly important for all Americans to hear. So he put a sign in front of the turnstiles that read... So that young people may become better acquainted with one of the greatest figures in American history, all Disneyland visitors 17 years of age or younger are invited to be Walt Disney's personal guests and to spend a few great moments with Mr. Lincoln himself. A complimentary admission is included with your main ticket. That is so charming. I love that. 
Isn't that so sweet? Yeah. He wanted, he was like you, Kim. He just wanted the youngsters to know about American history and respect one of the coolest presidents we've ever had. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, it is truly my favorite ride. And I would highly recommend, if you're listening to this right now and thinking, this sounds so lame and also it's not a ride, it's a show. I would tell you yeah. it's an emotional ride, first of all. Um, and also, like, <laughs> go in at least. I think everyone should see it because it's genuinely very cool. And it's kind of like Toy Story where you watch it now and you're not so blown away by the technology. But then when you stop and think about where technology was when this audio animatronic, they didn't even have the language for it yet, was built, his movements are incredible. The sitting to standing is yeah. is incredible. Guys, they spent a year figuring out how to get his arms to move up to his chest. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. And they've made a, every human audio animatronic that exists in Disney. We can thank Lincoln's existence so that we have them. So when you're on The Little Mermaid and you see that awesome Ursula, or I know you didn't get to see her, but the um, Avatar shaman who's like seven feet tall and super incredible like those all are descendants of this lincoln animatronic which is so cool we have abraham lincoln to thank for little mermaids ursula and not a lot of people want to when you look at history <laughs> there's a clear through line um, no, it is, the technology it did is sound incredible. like that didn't it yeah. <laughs> it really did it really did i meant the animatronic not the president but also, well, who knows? Hey, who knows where we would be if, if Lincoln had not been around to inspire fifth grade Walt Disney to dress up as Lincoln and perform the Gettysburg Address for several years for his fifth grade teacher. That's true. He might not have created Disneyland and he might not have created this animatronic or any of the other ones we now know. So, see, my point still rests. I, listen, I we can thank Lincoln. You'll get <laughs> no arguments from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh but my the, goodness! The little museum right before you get into the ride is very cool, also. So I, I really recommend all of it. I think it's great. Plus, air conditioning. If you need another reason to go, mm -hmm. air conditioning. Yeah, the lobby is super cool. You get to see the bench, the park bench where Disney sat and thought up the idea of Disneyland, which is great. They've got replicas of Disneyland. They've got super old maps. So they got a picture yeah, of Miley Cyrus. Like a little bit of listen. If you're listening to this podcast where half the time we're sharing history of Disneyland, then you obviously like Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln or at least are familiar with the lobby because you've probably walked in there to look at all the cool artifacts. Yeah. I don't know why I'm I'm getting defensive about this to you, Kim. Like, you and I are in alignment on Listen, all this stuff. Listen, you are but, not um, too good to be in a lobby where there's a picture of Miley Cyrus. You're not too good for Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I told you this when we were at Disney World, but the end of the American Adventure show, which is also all animatronics of historical figures in America. Um, at the end, they do a video montage with this like super cheesy song that also is great. Um, and they've recently updated it, which it definitely needed it. But when I worked at Disney World, that show, which was 2008 and 2009, so the peak Hannah Montana years, this song that America spread your golden wings and it's all so like uplifting and you see pictures of like Neil Armstrong landing on the moon and you know uh, like all these big monumental moments and then it cut to 
not even Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana in her <laughs> blonde wig singing up there next to Neil Armstrong and then the like Mikhail Gorbachev take down that wall kind of scene and then <laughs> Hannah Montana being like best of both worlds. I was like, stop, you guys just lost it. You lost it right there. They've uh, taken her out since then. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wonder if she's still at Disneyland. I guess we'll find out. We'll find out tomorrow. Yep. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right. Well, Kim, thank you again for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for coming in and also explaining to me that it's pitch hitter, not pinch hitter, uh, for my co-host position. Now I'm and, nervous that I'm wrong. Uh, yes. Well, if you are, I hope everybody writes us and tells us. <laughs> I'm recording this that in you're a baseball shirt. That would make me feel great. <laughs> you are. Yeah. You you tell me that you love baseball so much. I do. So <laughs> I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you wholeheartedly with this information. Um, but thank you again for joining, and uh, I look forward to having Adam back. But thank you again for being such an awesome partner today and doing a homework assignment. Always love to do homework. Um, always love to talk to you. As I told you earlier today, always love to um, cement my title as fan favorite. But yes, Adam, I am sure that I'm not the only one hearing my voice and thinking, please feel better and hurry back. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, I hope everybody has a good week and we'll see you again next week. Bye. It's pinch hitter. It's pinch hitter. What'd you just do, Kim? It's pit. It. What'd you just Google? Pinch hitter. I Googled. I Googled. Pitch hitter and Google said, No, I think you mean pinch hitter. And I said, That doesn't make any sense. There's no pincher in baseball. There are pitchers in baseball. There are no pinchers in baseball, but it's a pinch hitter. Um, I'm Kim. I'm smart in ways that are um, unclear. <laughs> oh, Kim. And I look forward to learning them someday. Kim, thank you so much. Thanks for joining the podcast. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>